definitely human. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, welcome to Back to Earth, a podcast about roots. I'm Charlie May. This is episode 40. It's Christmas and it's a special of mum chat, but with David and Harry too. It's a family chat to mum end chat. the year. Huzzah. Hurrah. <laughs> so this is our final episode of the season. What? Oh. I know. We're taking oh. <laughs> we're taking a short break for just a couple of months. And so I thought we could do a sort of year in review, whereas, you know, breaking away from the usual mum chat where you tell me everything I got wrong, we can talk about everything I got wrong in the whole year. <laughs> and just in general, um, how the year has gone. I think you've done extremely well. There's been a lot of things you've introduced. And I think, you know, with farming, nothing happens overnight. As they say, Rome wasn't built in a day, but you've put all the um foundation stones are in to build on so well done when we spoke a year ago sort of the start of the podcast we were talking about the state of farming and you know how it's all going and a bit of a disaster and how we need to diversify and things like that so are you feeling a little bit more confident with sort of things we're mapping out and the direction that the farm's going in yes i think it's there's lots of potential it's sounding very promising I don't feel at the moment the country's in a place where it knows where it's going agriculturally wise. Certainly the government doesn't know where it's going. So until that's all sorted out, I'm a bit non-committal really. I'm waiting to see. Sitting on the fence. Yes, we need to wait and see what happens with subsidies and everything after Brexit in the next couple of years. So yeah, we're sat in front of the actual fire today. It's an actual fireside chat. It is blaring out the heat, but it is nice and cozy. It's cold outside and we are cozy inside. Harry's down for the festive period. Harry, how do you think? I'm, this, I don't want this to be an interview of like, so how do you think? How do you think? And if anybody says that I've done a bad job, I will give them sprouts instead of chocolate. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think from my perspective, it's been really interesting because obviously uh, with mum, you've sort of been taking part in the day-to-day minutiae of... Um, 
how it all works. Whereas for me, it's just the sort of general updates of, you know, I come down and every couple of months I see the big changes. So from my perspective, it's been quite a, you know, rapid change almost where just suddenly I come down and there's now suddenly a vineyard there or, you know, now we've changed the way we plow and stuff like that. It's been very interesting. And it seems like, yeah, you've grabbed it by the horns and have really taken to it. Yeah, that's really cool to hear. I suppose it's it feels like nothing's really happening. But yeah, when you're away for something for a couple of months and then all of a sudden, yeah, you see the big changes. So, I mean, I feel like I said to a few people, you know, oh, you know, nothing's really happening. And they're like, but you've planted a vineyard. You've like done this. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. I have done quite a few things. Um, but I think... I'm so thinking ahead of where I want the farm to be and, you know, years down the line and whatever that it doesn't, yeah, right now it doesn't quite compute. Plus, from my perspective, it's great because now whenever I come down to visit, I get to go back up with veg and eggs and everything. And I, <laughs> yeah. I've now suddenly got a goodie box to take back. So that's pretty good. <laughs> that's so true. We're setting you up with like cabbages, sprouts, eggs, everything. Yeah, everything from the garden spoils. How about you, David? Are you enjoying having all the, the things at your fingertips, all the eggs and all the veg and everything? Uh, yeah, it's fine. Uh, Come on! I will say from a podcasting perspective, you have improved since we first started recording 40 episodes ago. It's been 40 episodes. What on earth? You've definitely um, learned a lot in how you communicate. <laughs> what you're trying to say is she's saving you a lot of more work now these days by not... Careful, mum. I don't think that's what he's trying to say. I think he's picking his words very wisely. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it is not quite as much work as it was. Yeah, it's a hell of a lot of work. The first episode was pretty much scripted um, because I couldn't be trusted to just go off piste and just say what needed to be said. So it was very much a scripted thing. It's been so much to learn. I still think there's so much more to learn. There's things that I say all the time that make David's life so much more difficult to edit. You know, I definitely think this podcast has been a little bit testing to our marriage because <laughs> I come into the studio and David's editing and he's just like, you breathe so loudly. <laughs> Why do you have to breathe so much? That's been one of the biggest issues. You're a mouth breather and you breathe a lot. And you breathe directly into the mic <laughs> and it's torture having to edit out because a lot of the time it creates distortion, which is not pleasant to listen to. But I do. I have to listen to it uh, all day, basically. Uh, you also oscillate. You go from very quiet to very loud instantaneously. So I'll have the volume up on full in my ears then suddenly you're screaming into my ears it's a it's quite a stressful edit so you can understand testing for any marriage <laughs> I, I miss david you know i've been away from him all day i've been on the farm and i come in and i've been in his ears all day and i'm the last person he actually wants to see <laughs> that's not true i am always happy to see you said through gritted teeth <laughs> We haven't mentioned the chooks, of course, has been one of the biggest things, at least in my life, to rescue them and to sort of bring them onto the farm. And I feel like now they're such a daily part of our lives. They are. I think they've been a life changer, actually, to suddenly have these little fluffy things running around. And, you know, now they come down to the house and they look at us through the kitchen window and, you know, where's my snacks and, and yeah. whatever. They're, they're just... They're delightful. You had um, chickens growing up and things, but you said that at the time you hadn't realised the personalities that they had. No, well, my mum always had chickens. We only had banties and um, I 
didn't really, I was only a teenager and I wasn't that interested, to be honest. And they were there and they provided us with eggs, but it didn't really register with me that they were something exciting. So it's not until we got these that I took an interest. I have to say, I wasn't expecting it to be like this. I didn't think they would have such big personalities. I thought it would literally just be lovely to have some chickens roaming around, giving us some eggs, you know, how sweet. But actually, I've got to know each and every one by their personality and giving them all names and everything. And yeah, I'm very attached to them. Do you love having the chucks running around? Yeah, I mean, obviously you're probably far more attached to them than I am, you know, from, from my age. <laughs> but I think in a way as well, obviously you've, you know, there'd be some highs and some lows with the chickens. I think that's been like really good as a reminder of, you know, how nature is, you know, it's not always like a pretty picture and there are, you know, some, you know, rough times that come with the good. And I think it just makes you sort of appreciate, you know, what you do have with the chickens and, you know, what you get out of them. You know, you spend so much time with them. You clearly enjoy it so much. And I think that's been really good for you as well. And uh, again, for me, for the eggs, you know, it's better quality, <laughs> better, <laughs> better quality. Down. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, it makes me happy because I get a better lunch. So you know. I genuinely feel like I couldn't buy eggs ever again. Like the quality of eggs we get with those chickens is so far superior to anything I've ever tasted elsewhere. Yeah, I just wouldn't ever want to buy eggs if I could avoid it. We talked about how important it was to put in the lows as well as the highs. And obviously we discussed in the first few episodes, you know, foot and mouth and things that we've been through in the past that's been really sort of earth shattering and sort of destroyed our lives almost. And then we've had to put the pieces back together. And I think, you know, you do get that. Things like that happen on the farm and you find a way and you're resilient and you, you know, find a light at the end of the tunnel. The chickens definitely make the farm come to life. It's very different now that they're here they add an energy i think they do yes definitely you've hit the nail on the head especially in the winter months when everything grinds to a close and less leaves on the trees and everything whereas now you know they're still running around looking for Mm. things in the garden and you know a bit of color and the bleak sort of gray winter sky and everything yeah it's nice it's really nice the sheep have all gone the crops are all in the ground growing there's actually very little to do here apart from repair work now which is why we're taking a season break (laughs) yeah for the next couple of months there's not too much of excitement going on because it's all repairs but the chickens are still there giving us joy my memory of the farm my nostalgic view of the farm as kids was having you know sheep in the fields in the front field and cows and everything and the farm comes alive in my nostalgia through the animals that I suppose are living on it and you know when you're just an arable farm and things are growing it's not quite got the same life as you would say and I think now the chickens are back it's definitely brought something um that wasn't there before so so next you're gonna get like pigs i would love to get ducks i would love to get a pig i would love to get i don't know i'm even sort of semi considering whether eventually getting like some cows or something but yeah i don't know like i don't know (laughs) maybe after the lessons dad learned by having animals maybe (laughs) don't go for that i mean it would be (laughs) like it would be you know less than five i'm not talking about like a 500 charolais herd or whatever like we used to have you know yeah it would be just a couple i don't know but you always had an idea of that in the future you almost you know lofty ideas of wanting to restore the farm to, in a way that it was before and I guess now I'm sort of maybe thinking the same but at the same time you know I don't know anything about animal husbandry or anything so I don't know is it all just a pipe dream yeah I think originally after we lost dad and you know you were still in London and everything I had said to mum you know if she wanted me to come back to the farm I would and then I always had ideas about you know farming it the way dad did as a way of feeling closer to him and what he did day to day 
but I think as time's gone on, I've sort of wisened up a bit and realised it's probably not actually something for me. Like, I mean, never say never, but currently the way things are, I don't think I could you know live that lifestyle particularly well. Waking up in the mornings and all the all that sort of thing is very different to the sort of office lifestyle I live at the moment. What time do you wake up in the morning, Harry? Uh, I plead the fifth on that one. I'm not going to answer. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you've got to plough your own furrow. You can't do what your dad did. You've got to make yeah. life to what you want it. So, and he'd be the first to say that. Exactly, exactly. So, I think yeah, that was just a, a short-term ideal um, that I had. Whereas now, yeah, I don't think I'd I'd go for that. Yeah. Certainly, the minute you talk about having livestock, you are talking about doubling, tripling, quadrupling your workload. Yeah, I mean, uh, even the chickens take up all my time. Yes, I can't imagine. So don't tie yourself down unnecessarily. Yeah, and I suppose as that we talked about um, dad, you know, as kids, we never really saw him because he was always dealing with the livestock. So yeah, yeah, there is something to be said there. Maybe my lofty ideas, I don't know. Um, and I forgot alpacas. I want some alpacas. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will eat it instantly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's a bad idea. All the alpacas, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's an idea. No, it's been an incredible year. And I think we've achieved so much. It's been really amazing working alongside mum, you know, having been away from you for 10 years sort of thing, not away from you all the time, obviously, but, you know, having not really spent that much time together for the last 10 years, it's been amazing to sort of come back and work side by side. And I think we work very well together. Um, just yeah. cut into a groove, haven't we? And we just rub along together very easily. And um yeah, it's great. I'm loving it. And thank you for keeping me on the straight and narrow over the last 40 episodes, you know, telling me where I went wrong. I'm I've... not doing that so much now, though, am I? No, but I did post on Instagram the other day something about the sheep being collected and how they were going off to the barn. And mum said, I do wish you'd consult me before you post these Instagrams because that's not correct. <laughs> That's true. Yes. You said they were lambs going home to live in the comfort of the winter housing, or they were, they were actually you lambs that were going out to another field. <laughs> yes, but yeah, I did find it. Yeah, I found it funny. I'm still getting things wrong and I'm sort of piecing things the together. The reason I pick you up on this is if somebody from a farming background listens to it, they will say, what the hell is she talking about? That's not right. Our Uncle Andrew called you up to say about how I'd said uh, a herd instead of a flock and you were saying, listen to episode five, I put her right. <laughs> <laughs> So how do you think you're getting on from the farming perspective, you know, learning all the names of the fields and everything? Is mum testing you? Are you keeping on the straight and narrow for that one as well? No, I have the map in the studio of all the field names. I think I'm still getting them wrong. I'm slowly learning, but you know all the field names, right? Because mum literally tested you and gave you like a blind test. So she hasn't done that to me yet. Well, this was, I mean, as a teenager, I used to work on the farm quite a bit for dad, especially during the summer holidays when I was off school. So I had to learn because he'd send me off to, you know, go to Witchell's and I'd have to think, oh, bloody hell, where's Witchell's? And you had to learn pretty quickly where that was. So, yeah, you learn by doing, don't you? And I'm sure you'll get there eventually. I do see Nigel's eye twitch where he says, you know, go off to Witchell's. And I'm like, so which one's that again? And he's like, oh, God, this one, you know, having to explain it. It took me years when we were first married, your dad and I. I didn't know any of the names of the fields. Certain ones now I have to really stop and think. Rye Downs is one of our biggest fields. And I think I was saying to Nigel quite confidently that was going to be our next vineyard. And he was sort of looking a bit perplexed. He didn't correct me on it. but Facing north... Um, yeah, north not, facing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? North facing? Okay, do you? You do you. <laughs> the winds are 
strong and cold enough yes. on the south-facing fields. Yeah, the, the Atlantic winds. I think that's been something the most shocking about coming home with the weather. It's not the rain or anything like that. It's just the Atlantic winds are strong and they are cold and, yeah, to the bone, especially at the moment, there's a very cold, icy wind coming off well, the sea. Going in from the southeast, the, the east, easterly winds are always the coldest. I don't know whether it's global warming or what, but for the last three or four years, we've had north winds northwesterly winds normally the prevailing winds here are southwesterly which bring a bit of warmth but we've been having north winds which are bitter well when we were doing the vineyard we were planting the wind guard in the vineyard we were there planting on the western front and there was a beast from the east from the north coming down right on the other side of the field at minus eight it was perishing it snowed didn't it yeah when we planted the vineyard not a great sign not a great omen i mean just by that you already had a harvest this year so maybe it actually helped out I know. I can't believe we actually harvested well, some German grapes. Grapes, which are used to the cold. Yes. So, yeah. yes, that's why we planted German grapes. Good work, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> ahead, yeah. um, I think it'll be interesting coming back for season two, the difference between season one, where I'm learning kind of what I'm doing. I wonder if season two, I'll just be like, I'm a farmer now. Like already Nigel's teaching me. Oh, he's still breathing down your ear. <laughs> <laughs> Tell my ear. <laughs> at the moment I'm, I'm seriously learning how to use the tractors one by one and doing like pallets and things like that so that's quite exciting to actually know how to use all the big machinery and things season two episode one you'll have a flat cap and full sideburns <laughs> <laughs> thick Devonshire accent yeah. 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 get the straw in the corner yes. of the mouth you're picking Nigel out of a job in a minute by the time you uh, can do all the machinery and everything no never, <laughs> never. but yeah I, I think it would be nice to sort of even the workload a bit because I think you know I'm just swanning around the farmyard with my chickens and it would be good if I actually did some solid labour so. the first thing she's got to learn to do is to stop wearing designer clothes and wear some proper farming gear never <laughs> that'll never happen I love wearing nice clothes I'm sorry I already do have a wardrobe full of clothes that I never wear that were so appropriate in London and they're not appropriate in Devon but yeah, I'm trying to be still chic, but a little bit more practical. That's why I still wear full makeup. Yeah, exactly. You're like the chicest farmer, you know, yeah. She's got full face of makeup. She looks impeccable. You know, her hair is done. You know, she is not the farmer's wife, you know, with the straw in the hair and everything, whatever, you know, she's she's on it. Yeah, well, that's okay. <laughs> I wear jeans. What have I become? <laughs> Um, so yeah, what's on for next year? There's big plans for the vineyard next year. Um, we will be buying in grapes and practicing different recipes and what we kind of like. I think it takes a couple of years to even get the recipes correct. So we can't afford to wait until our first harvest in four years time. So yeah, we're getting on with that. We're doing all the branding and everything. So that's going to be the major thing is getting the vineyard up and running in the next stages of that the rest of the field's being planted and it's being trellised so that's a major thing happening in July signing up to do a wine vitulas course or whatever yes it is. i'm going to do a viticulture course um with ben where we sort of do like it's like a five-day intensive where we learn the ropes of how to actually make wine and everything so yeah that's that's the big plan for next year we've been talking a lot mum and i over the last month about you know the future of farming and what's going on with subsidies and things and talking to various consultants about sort of what the future is looking like and i think we just need to sort of wait and see don't we if what happens there are things we're going to be considering with tourism the pumpkin patch 
which we can't do next year, which I'm gutted about, but we will be doing the year afterwards. And that's something the listeners have been really excited about as well. I've had people send me links to pumpkin patches they've been to in the States and everything. And yeah, I've, I think, yeah, that's been one of the most heartwarming things about doing the podcast is actually this little community that we've built and how everybody's sending me little DMs every day about how they found the episode that week or little tips that they can provide in terms of, you know, the pumpkin patch or whatever and the wine. And yeah, so it's just been a really nice sort of community driven thing of like-minded people which I've absolutely loved I hope you guys have enjoyed all our sort of special episodes with Halloween and this festive period all our Christmas specials and sort of you've been a fly on the wall of everything that we do in the May family and um, all our little traditions and everything Um, also David is here yeah (laughs) I know you're part of the May family now So I'm wishing you all a very happy new year. I hope you've had an amazing holidays um, with all your family and loved ones close by. I know we're taking a short season break, but I will still be around. Um, if you're supporting us on Patreon, I'm still going to be doing a sort of show, keeping you up to date with what's happening on the farm every week. And then I'm obviously going to be on social media as well. So you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter. Um, I'll be updating all of those platforms over the next few months. But there's so much happening for next year. I'm super excited for you guys to join me um, for all my new bomb plans for the farm um and yeah watch this space happy new year guys happy new happy year. new year happy new year <laughs> thank you for listening to back to earth year one more farm adventures coming soon in the meantime you can follow us on instagram at back to earth podcast on twitter at back to earth pod and on tiktok at back to earth charlie music is by john day artwork is by eric chow and this episode was edited by david knight thank you guys so much and thank you for listening and if you're supporting us on patreon stay tuned for our after show series hashtag farm life this week it's the final episode next week charlie's farm find out more at patreon.com forward slash definitely human back to earth is a definitely human production okay bye Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.